0: Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of Tarot, No Questions Asked, Mastering the Art of Intuitive Reading, and the Tarot Coloring Book. I'm also your host for this podcast series. This is episode 193 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I just out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is Tarot, Astrology, and Palmistry. And my special guest is James Devine. Welcome, James.
1: Hello, Teresa.
0: So, you are known as a palm reader, and you know, I don't know any palm readers. I have had my palm read many, many years ago, uh, actually, by a hippie on a beach. And this guy told me that I was going to be a businesswoman, and I thought he was so full of it. Well, wow. and long story short, a couple years later, I ended up starting a business and I've been running a business now for 30 years. So I do believe in Palm Street. That really like changed my brain. And <laughs> I'm fascinated. And I, I mean, I only know so very little about it. Um, now you've obviously been doing it some time, So I'd like to know how the heck did you get into palmistry, Street and what is Palm Street all about for laymen?
1: Who may yeah. not know about. You know, a lot of people I think are more familiar with the cards with, uh, with um, tarot or oracle decks. Um, and certainly I think a lot, of more, a lot more people are, are familiar with astrology. But palmistry occupies this little hidden nook in the corner with the little old lady hunched over a, uh, you know, a table or the person on the beach, you know, who probably at a tourist location who's doing palmistry. So I, I got into palmistry on an accident. <clears throat> and I wonder how many magical people, find that this is their answer yeah you're raising your hand I can see you and so it's very cute um it was a pamphlet in my grandparents attic when I was 11 and the grandparents now I have an Italian Catholic side and they would never have something like that in our in their house but I also have the the Protestant like waspy side um And that was in their attic. And so it was something from the 50s and 60s that maybe one of my aunts and uncles or even my dad, someone had. And I discovered it in the attic. And it was this little pamphlet that said, your future's in your hands. And that's such a cool phrase anyway, because it really is. Your future really is in your hands, right? And I read it and I thought, this is so fascinating. 11 years old. I turned to my 10-year-old little brother and read his poem. My 10-year-old little brother has a big fat mouth. He still does. And he still acts like he's 10 years old also. Um, I'm kidding. I love him. (laughs) He goes to mom. Jim read my palm. My mother, snap points. So she takes her. She snaps and points at the same moment. Snap. Don't do that. It's devil worship. Wow. So what I tell people is, if you ever want your kids to do something, tell them at age 10 or 11 that something is devil worship. And they'll be sure to rebel and do it in their teens. And so when I was 16, I started reading for tips in my hometown of Tucson, Arizona, and have been reading professionally ever since. And now I'm almost 50.
0: (laughs) I love how I also came into my work by accident. And also, well, you know, it's the same thing. It's like uh, I had a, a friend's mother who read my astrology chart. And one day I was in a bookstore looking for an astrology book, and I saw a tarot deck, and I purchased it on a whim. And I've had a tarot deck in my hands ever since then. And that's 40 years ago. You wow. know, it was just like it found me. And I think sometimes with this type of work, it kind of finds us, you know, we don't like, I'm going to grow up one day and be a tarot reader or a palm reader. Who says Never. that? Never. It just yeah. happens. So I think that's really interesting. I've heard that story so many times from other people who are tarot pros or astrologers. I mean, you're the first palmist I've interviewed. So I just think that's really <laughs> fascinating. It's like, wow, that is like, we're being called to do this.
1: Yeah, one of the interesting things about palmistry is it is not popular. And it is very, very, uh, it, it isn't hard to learn, really. But if you're basing it on all the books that are out, it is really hard to learn. There is less of a, I think that in Tarot, even in astrology, certainly there are different schools of thought, but there's some sort of coalescence around what things mean and then people seem to have a disagreement about the nuances in palmistry there is not a there is not an agreement about what things mean or there's not a standard that's set because it's st- it's still not as popular right and so i'm hoping with my work to help set a standard that modernizes palmistry makes it applicable i read palms in a completely different way from the from what the books would tell you, right? And that gets into the whole conversation about a fatalistic reading or a reading that predicts the future or things like that that I that I eschew and 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 sort of walk away from. Or re, I re I have a a reinvention or reclaiming of that.
0: So do you read differently than that little pamphlet from the 50s?
1: Oh yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that. I love those little by the way, vintage tarot books. I go crazy when I find you're, one of those. You're
1: hurting my heart right now because when my grandfather died, I people said, "What do you want out of the house?" And I said, "The only two things that I want are that 1950s glitter, sparkly lamp. It was like a lava lamp, but it only had glitter in it, which we do have in our house now, and the palmistry book." Wow! And they couldn't find the palmistry pamphlet, and that oh, no. breaks my heart because. That would have been part of like an origin story for you know for me, but
0: well, you know, we never know. It may pop up somehow if it found it way if it has found its way to you one way, it may again. Right. So let's talk about first of all. I know that palmistry has some association with astrology. Can you briefly explain that? Oh yeah.
1: Every finger is a planet. So let me let me expand that. You have these things called mounts on your hand. That was in air quotes. Um and those are at the base of the fingers, but there's also a mount in the corner of your palm between your pinky and your wrist. And that's the that's also a mount and at the base of your thumb. And so you have these seven mounts, which if you know, astrology reminds you of the seven visible planets, right? Or seven visible luminaries they're called. And so you have the index finger is Jupiter. The middle finger is Saturn. The ring finger is sun or... People say Apollo, but I like the sun. The pinky finger is Mercury. The thumb is a combination of Venus and Mars. And then the mount, the place where you would pound your fist on a desk, that's the mount of Luna, the moon. Here's the trippy thing, what I realized. So my degree is in sociology. I realized how we are socialized to use our fingers in hand gesture matches the archetype of the planet that is associated with that finger. One quick example is, if I want to, if if you, if you I come over to your house, Teresa, and I'm sitting there, we're having tea, we're laughing and talking, having a great time, and I'm like, oh, where's the bathroom? What finger are you gonna use to show me or to tell me where to go? It's well, down the, the index hall to the left. F- That's right, it's down the hall to the left and you're gonna use your index. Yes. Yes, your index finger, sorry, I talked over you. That's Jupiter you're directing me you're leading me you're pointing the way you're opening up possibilities you're expanding right if you want to tell the husband, hey, get out of here or the dog or the cat hey, what are you doing <laughs> right you're gonna use the index finger so it's directing why is it rude to point at someone because you're putting your power on them you're in- inadvertently putting like your energy or your Jupiter sort of like on them. And I think of Zeus, the king of the gods, the Greek, sort of as far as an archetype, but Jupiter sort of passes through with the Roman. Every finger is like that. Every finger. If someone's violating rules, boundaries, and ethics, you're going to lift your middle finger, your Saturn finger, to let them know they're violating these rules, ethics, norms. It's what Saturn means, right?
0: Yeah. And Saturn also gets a bum rap in astrology, like it's the bummer planet, Uh, You know, it's hardcore, it's a hard taskmaster. So the fact that the middle finger, which is kind of profane, uh, and is a way to say up yours is, I, I guess, very Saturn.
1: It is Saturn, because when you use it, someone is violating rules, boundaries, limits, constructs, ethics, right? And that's what it means. It is not necessarily bad or good. It is neutral. How we use it is a way that is either helpful or not helpful to our aims, I don't even think that I'm that judgmental about how people use it. If they're reaching their aims and bettering themselves and others around them and not messing things up too poor, too terribly. Right.
0: Right. Not messing things up for other people.
1: Yeah. Not that, you know, as little as they can.
0: Right on. (laughs) (laughs) So how does palmistry then fit into tarot and vice versa?
1: Okay. So I got it. This I never knew. So I was at a conference um, a fun conference in New Orleans. And um, this is actually how this idea came about. And uh, And it's a witchy conference. And we're going to go into different classes. Then we got to Vendor's Hall. And in the Vendor's Hall is a sparkly table with this purple haired woman and this other woman dressed all in black with her hair slicked back. And they were just the coolest people in this place. Everyone else was sort of maybe a little Hicksville, maybe a little like, you know, different woo, you know, something else. These people were like, flashy, sexy. It was either LA or New York. And it turns Mm -hmm. out it was both. The one with the black was New York. And the one with the purple was LA. And I met Madame Pamita and she had her book, Madame Pamita's Magical Tarot. I highly recommend it. And I was like talking with her because her table was so cool. And I'm like, oh yeah, I don't know tarot cards at all, which I don't. Um, I'm a palm reader. And in, she says, in an attempt to sell me the book, she's like, oh, well, there's hands in the tarot cards. And again, we're talking about the Rider-Waite-Smith deck specifically in this case. And I was like, oh, you're right. Now, I've been a witchy person for a long time. So I certainly have used tarot for myself, using the Little White Book or other books by like Rachel Pollock or Mary Kay Greer to look up meanings and other things. I'm familiar with it. I would never charge someone for a tarot reading because I'm not practiced as a reader in that method. But I'm not unfamiliar with them. And I thought, oh, right, there are little people in the tarot cards, and I'd never thought about it. So she hands me the devil card. And the devil is holding his hand in a particular way, kind of like how Spock says, live long and prosper, but with the thumb at a 90 degree angle, almost impossibly open, right? And I looked at that hand gesture and Pam, Madam Pamita was thinking about the lines on the hand, but I read hand gesture
0: mm-hmm. because
1: the planets, what are the planets doing? So on the Devil card, the Jupiter and Saturn are together and sun and Mercury are together, but they're divided in the middle. So what I said was this is card. Yep. This card is indicating, and if it's the Rider-Waite-Smith, it's helpful because that's what I was reading at the time. Um, this card indicates a division between your leadership, your personal leadership, sorry, your leadership and your ethics divided from your ego and your self-expression. So there's like splitting the person in half. And there's this, like, I know what the devil is or means, right, as a, a concept, The thumb is at a 90 degree angle, which indicates the thumb is taking action or doing. The devil's work is never done. And so there's a lot of action with the devil's hand gesture. And then I looked at the lines and I said, it's a little bit of a Saturn symbol, stylized Saturn symbol in the lines. I don't know if anyone's ever seen that before. She's like, many people have seen that before. And I sort of read like, well, there's a really interesting fate line in the center, which is very prominent, which is not usually that prominent on people. And so there's something about learning from your fate or resolving fate or overcoming fate or a faded sort of lesson or something in this card. That's what I would, I don't know what the devil means to Tarot nerds, but I that if I just read the hand gesture, that's what I would say. That's and amazing. Exactly what she said. So imagine you're actually like Madame Pamita right now. She said, that's amazing. And I'm like, why? Because basically you just told me things that really... Re- like resonate with what the devil card means.
0: Yeah. Right. I mean, that's crazy. So what about, okay, well now I'm going to have to like toss something at well, you.
1: Well, but I'll just ahead. tell you the next thing that happened was she handed me the hierophant. And so then she's, so they were like, okay, okay. You know what the devil means? Like, can you do it again? I don't know. Let's try it again. So to prove me out, I guess never test a witch. Right. Um, <laughs> but to prove me out, she handed me the hierophant. Now, the hierophant and the right-of-weight smith has his hand in a what is known as a blessing pose. And so people mistakenly do this with their hand, which is they hold their thumb out, their in- index finger and middle finger together, and they curl the, the ring finger and pinky. Mm-hmm. However, that's not what the hierophant's doing. The hierophant has taken the thumb and has placed it uncomfortably between the first and second finger. And so the pose, if people are watching the video of this, you know, is a constrained, or if you have an ability to look at the, at the card, um, the, the thumb is squarely in between the, the index finger and the middle finger. So what did I say? I have no idea what this card means for sure. I'm like, I don't know what a hierophant even is. Well, I said, this is someone who is teaching because it's the teacher pose, not the blessing pose, but the actions that are taken are squarely constrained between power and leadership and ethics, and rules, and so it's super traditional. You cannot do anything unless it falls in between the leadership and the rules, and you will hold back on your ego and your communication, so shut up and listen and follow the traditions, and whatever he's holding on the left side, he's holding that, that like golden sort of three-leveled cross. Whatever that represents, he's holding it in his middle fingers out, which indicates a really strong uh, adherence to rules, boundaries, and limits, as as in whatever that means. Later, I learned that that means your progression up the scale or your progression to the divine, following traditional wisdom, and it blew my mind.
0: Well, you're blowing my mind. I mean, this is like crazy, and I never thought about it. I've, i you know, I've I've looked at gestures as as symbolizing certain things, but this is really deep. So let's do another one. Okay, what about? I want to do the lovers, can, the angel on okay. the I lovers. Can pick
1: one, I can pick another one that really blows your mind if you want, but the lovers, I'll have to look at it because I haven't done the, I haven't. Oh,
0: wait, tell me the one that, that's going to blow my mind. The queen, Forget that lovers.
1: the queen of swords.
0: Okay, that's my card.
1: Okay, let me tell you about this card. Her hand, her left hand is gestured out with her hand sort of open, her palm out, and her right hand is holding a sword but she's holding the sword in an interesting way. And she's gesturing with a hand that's very interesting. So in palmistry, there are four types of hands, earth, air, fire, water. Now, there's also combinations of those hands. And so when I do readings for people, I can read their hand element against the backdrop of their astrology. And it tells us a really interesting combo of like why sometimes there's Pisces that are really like, fiery, and people can look at other parts of a chart, but I can look at the hands and say, if you've ever felt like your astrology doesn't match you, it's because your palmistry is how you really interact with the world and your astrology is the backdrop that's running you. Anyway, so this is a very interesting card. What element hand does this card have? She has short palm, long fingers. That is an air hand. The only line that's visible besides around her thumb is the head line you don't see her heart line or her fate line or any other line you just see her head line heads the headline is an an intelligence and thinking is associated with the element of air it is that card is like really mind-blowing because it's like Okay, let me just talk a little bit about the artist. Pamela Coleman-Smith was not known to have known palmistry, and she certainly didn't know my method of palmistry, nor modern kinesics, which is the study of body language, especially in the hands. She didn't know modern psychology. She was functioning in a in in channeling these images, often to music from her gramophone, right? And so this idea that these symbolism continues to unfold in these images is just like moving. It's amazing, right?
0: That's like totally amazing. And it makes, I mean, you know, everything you're saying too, it makes so much sense to what the card means from a tarot perspective. So I was going to ask about the lovers. Forget about that. Here's what I want to ask you. Yeah. What about the hanged man? His hands are hidden. What is that telling us?
1: His hands are hidden. And so when I, I did see that, so Pam asked me that. And so they, we put this card up and I'm like, well, the hands are hidden. And so there's something about when you hide your hands, you're avoiding being seen or you're unseen or you're, you're sort of there's plans that are happening under the, under the blanket of an occult blanket or an unseen. You can't see what's happening. And there's something about hiding or being hidden or unseen. I mean, the dude is like, you can see him as you can see his eyes, but the hands are like, you, you can't yet take action. You can't, you're hampered from doing the thing or even sometimes thinking the thing. And I think because it's really all the elements, all of the elements are sort of on hold or bound behind you.
0: And that makes total sense for the card too the interpretation.
1: I don't know if his hands really are bound if, or if he's just holding them there on purpose, but that is what that means in palmistry
0: yeah and again, that also makes sense for what the hangman is all about so um this is really fascinating, and you know what I'm gonna be doing now is like going through all these cards and looking at those yes. hands and trying to get some ideas.
1: everybody says that everyone, and so when we teach uh so when we teach the palmistry tarot mashup um, so we've put together a course on this and Um, it is a really amazing thing because first I teach everyone the basics, the really bare minimum of my palmistry method, which allows you to then, if there's a politician who's gesticulating at a speech or a debate, you can look at their hands and you will be able to understand what they're doing with their hands and get into their unconscious. And you can also apply this to to the tarot where you can say, okay, I know what the planets on the hands and where they are, and I can see what the gestures mean. And that gives me more insight into these symbols that, like for you, you have been using Tarot for over, what'd you say, 20 years, 40 years?
0: For over 40 years, I've had yeah. a deck in my hands.
1: Yeah, 40 years of tarot. And you just are learning a new, a new aspect to some of the symbolism that's in there.
0: Yes. And that, uh, you know, here's the thing with tarot. You never stop learning. I've been learning for 40 years and, and people think, oh, you must know everything. I'm like, hell no. Do you still learn? I mean, yeah. this is something that is a new spin. Um, and, you know, you're getting me scratching my head. So now I've got to ask you something. I don't want to get political, yeah. but you got, you, yeah. got me, you got me thinking. Yep. So one of the things I always notice is when Trump is speaking, he moves his hand like he's playing an accordion. What does that gesture mean? What is that?
1: So he has really interesting hands, and I have actually analyzed his hands on my uh, Facebook and on my Instagram. So I really encourage listeners to go and check that out because it's pretty fascinating. He has hands that are t- hands that are he has fire hands. He could this these are hands of someone who could do amazing things. But like I said, it's a tool. It is not necessarily predictive, and so you have hands of fire. You can transform things just as easy as you can burn it down and it's how you use it. So when someone doesn't just gestic- and it's called gesticulation or gesturing with their hands, when they gesture with like this like back and forth and the hand is sort of very still, he has very stiff hands. That's indicative of someone who is really stuck in a pattern they they're unable. And, and so that can be a medical issue because of arthritis, but that is uh, the metaphysical side of that is you're stuck. You're, you're in a pattern that you can't get out of. I have a lot of compassion for that person because I think that they really are stuck in some sort of, you know, pattern. And I don't know if it's the healthiest pattern. Um, But that is what I see is that like, sort of like, um, Barbie hands, right? It's yes. a little bit of like, they're like can hands are kind of stuck in position. And there is that sort of, and I love what you said about the accordion. It's the only gestures. So you see someone with crude, uh, general gestures, and I don't mean crude in a terrible way. I mean, very like basic gestures. The person doesn't have a lot of finesse or or articulation abilities, right? And so you see, we know this already, but we can see it validated by his hands.
0: And I find that fascinating, super fascinating.
1: You can figure out the unconscious motivations of people once you understand what the hand gestures mean. And there is, And it's really easy. If anyone listening is, knows Tarot or astrology and the, what those archetypes mean, you can immediately pick it up and understand with just a couple lessons how to read someone's hand gesture pretty amazingly using the same archetypes that we see in, in magic and magical work. This is fascinating.
0: And, you know, I'm a Gemini, we rule the hand. So we're always thinking about hands and yeah. looking at hands. And I mean that, well, that, yeah,
1: I have a question for you. The mid heaven, doesn't the mid heaven indicate career or something like that?
0: It's where you're going. This is your, your reputation, your career. Yeah. This is so, your highest
1: point. My midheaven is Gemini.
0: The hands, of course. Which
1: rules the hands.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> the astrologer
1: told me that, and I was like blown. That's when I was like, I love astrology.
0: Yeah, I mean, everything all works together. They come together in a nice, neat little package. If you play around with it long enough, you'll find that. So They I, do. They
1: references each other, right?
0: They do. Absolutely. So I've got another question for you. Yeah. So in tarot, the death card is very feared. Oftentimes people will be like, oh my God, I hope the death card doesn't show up. So I also heard <laughs> in palmistry, people freak out about short lifelines. They do. What can you tell me about short lifelines? Yeah. Mine isn't that long.
1: I love it. Short lifelines are the death are the quote death card of palmistry. Right. Um, so when I I, I get can be a little snarky, I got to watch it sometimes. Right. Um, I think you could probably relate a little bit. I think we're twins, twinsies <laughs> in that way. Um, so sometimes when people that I know or feel kind of flippant with come to me and they're like, I have a short, or they're being flippant. They're like, I have a short lifeline. And I'm like, Oh, and you know how to read that because you're a palm reader. And that's my snarkiness that I probably shouldn't bring out. So don't, your let me just say this really clearly for everyone i'm going to say it nice and slow and easy your length of lifeline does not equate to your length of life in any way shape or form length of life and length of lifeline they sound similar but they are not your lifeline indicates your pattern of spiritual development like your pattern of like your your pattern of life purpose People with long lifelines, and I would have to see someone's hand to see if it really is long or really is short. People with long lifelines are here to complete lessons. They are here to resolve things. They are here to have completion. And this is true over their entire life and also true every week or every day, right? People with short lifelines are here to create lessons, to bring new things into the world, to to mix it up, stir it up, right? Right. And so the, the, that's really the pattern that's there. I also look at how the lifeline interacts with the fate line. Mm. The fate line is, is something that not a lot of people read or are familiar with. But how that interaction goes between fate and life is huge in understanding spiritual development, spiritual path. So we look at the hands, the lines on the hands are like the map. And we, I can help people see their destination, their path in that map on the hands i kind of think of it like how you would look at a at a those round pictures of your astrology chart with all the lines yes right that's kind of how i look at the lines on the hands because i'm looking at how are the lines aspecting each other are they curved lines indicating more of a watery fiery aspect are they straight lines which are more of an earth air aspect are they square each other? Are they making a cross or a box, which is more of a structured? You want those things to build foundations and to climb and to have these structures. Are they in triangles or, or in sexti- six pointed stars? Then they're more of this sort of relaxed, viney type of, um, of flexibility. People say that one is bad and one is good. They're both neutral and you can use them for their benefit. Um, I want my ladder to be sturdy and have square treads. I want squares on my ladder. I want, you know, and so you need, I want squares in my house and in my foundation, right? I do not want squares. I want my, my tip that's breaking through things to be angled like a triangle. I want that to be, you know, the breakthrough. So put them in the right space and use them in the right way.
0: I love that. And you know, it's interesting you bring about squares. In astrology, squares are all seen as this terrible thing. It's a terrible aspect. But squares oftentimes are catalysts that propel people to become great.
1: Yeah. I I can't launch. I don't want to launch off of a trine. I want to launch off a square because that'll hold so that I'll actually push up against something.
0: Yeah. I love that. Now, before we um, started talking today, you mentioned something called modern mudras. Yes. And a mudra, by the way, for people who are listening, I, I do teach yoga. That's a hand gesture and there certain hand gestures are considered very magical, but you've got this modern mudras and I right. want to hear, I want to hear about this.
1: All right. So if you know yoga, yes, a mudra can also be your entire body. And there's two different types of mudra. One is a mudra that you use to identify a Tara or a deity or someone in Eastern, in Eastern religions mostly. And if they're holding a certain mudra, a Buddha or a, or a, ter- or a green Tara, or a, or a Hindu god, if they're holding their hand in a certain gesture, you know that it's the teaching Buddha, or the benevolent Lakshmi, or something like that, right? In yoga, or in, in other practices, you can make a mudra with your body, or with your hand, that brings an energy vibration to bear. I'm inspired by these this Eastern idea of a mudra, to look at, what I've realized is, as I'm looking at people's gestures, and and the gestures in the in statues, the gestures in tarot, and the gestures of human beings as they're talking, I realized they're making unconscious mudras, in quotes, air quotes, mudras based on the socialization and the archetype of their fingers. So if someone is gesturing, you saw Obama do this, you saw Clinton do this when they were campaigning. Since it's the season of campaigning, they were pointing with their finger at first, and it was only when they were coached that they curled the index finger in and put the thumb on top. They had to restrain their natural power of leadership of Jupiter so that it wasn't offensive to people. And in order to do that, they put the thumb on top. And so their actions were restraining Jupiter. And so they would point with this weird fist with the index finger kind of knuckled out. Um, this is the type of thing you can start to read. And these are the modern mudras. So what I've been doing, and I hope everyone is watching you on Instagram, because your morning um tarot, tangents, and transits.
0: Tarot, transits, and tangents. <laughs> Triple it, T for short. Yeah,
1: it is so much fun to watch. And I'm so inspired by it. And it had me think about... Well, each of the fingers is a planet. And if I look at the aspects for the day, I can say, oh, is Jupiter square uh, Mars? And maybe I would hold my thumb at a 90 degree angle to my index finger to kind of be in the vibe of what's happening. And what does that mean from a palmistry perspective? So I started exploring this as a way to do sort of modern mudras based on the astrology, but certainly it works this way. You feel, let's say you're having one of those days where you know, you have to do stuff. You just don't feel like it. Right. And you can blame Mercury retrograde all you want, but you're still just going to sit there eating bonbons and watching, you know what I'm watching. um, Anyway, Netflix bingeable, whatever. Hold your thumb out. The thumb is Venus and Mars. It is action, taking action. You hold the thumb out without helping yourself with the other hand. You will not be able to sit still for more than you just do this and you will get antsy. You got to get up and do stuff. It cures you because it is holding the action finger out to take action. If I'm going to throw you a ball, you're going to hold your hands with your thumbs out to catch it. That is what this means. It's the action finger. So that's one of the many tips that people can use to with the modern mudras is you can a understand people's unconscious based on how they're using their hands without thinking. It's your total tell about your unconscious and you can design your mudra based on what you want in your life. I want more leadership. I'm going to extend my index finger. I I need to hold to boundaries. I'm going to hold out my middle finger. I need to improve my self-esteem and my ego and how I'm showing up. Hold out your son, your ring finger. I need to communicate really effectively. Well, maybe that means curling in or holding in your mercury. Maybe it means extending mercury. you have to decide, right? And mercury is the pinky finger. And so these are, these are how we will design. I design modern mudras for people based on what they need as a remedy for what they're up against and what they're trying to do.
0: That is so brilliant. You know what I'm going to be doing? I'm going to be playing with my hands.
1: Yeah, you know, <laughs> Teresa, you know what those... Um, Archetypes really mean you have a really deep nuance with them, and so you can. And this is what I also encourage don't learn what James divines says Jupiter means. You can learn that, I just kind of like you know, that's what it means to me. But if Teresa Reed is giving you a palm reading with the divine hand method, she's going to tell you what she really feels Jupiter means, and that's what makes learning the method and giving the readings this way, totally personal to you, right? And it's fabulous. It's, it's not just like, follow the, what James Devine says. It's actually, let's learn it and then bring your own special, you know, scent to it, your own mix to that spicy soup, right?
0: Now, you also mentioned something about tarot and palmistry mashup with uh, Madame Pamita. What is this all about?
1: Yeah, so we, so Pam, Madam Pamita and I have been doing the tarot palmistry mashup um, on tour across the nation. And so we were actually planning to go to Peginicon in Minneapolis, St. Paul. I don't know if, and also to Reader Studio. We had tickets to both of those things and we're looking forward to doing all kinds of fun stuff there with the palmistry tarot mashup. We did the palmistry tarot mashup as a presentation at the Northwest Tarot Symposium. Rachel Pollock was mind blown. It was so much fun to have like those tarot luminaries in the, in the class and like blow their mind. Right. And that's when I knew, I was like, okay, this is cool. Right. She loved it. It was so much fun. And she said something about the devil's hand gesture and oh my God, it was so cool. So we've been teaching this across the country and then COVID. So now we have it offered online. So there's a about to launch, I'm about to launch an online course, that people can do it self-paced and take the Palm G mashup, watching videos of me and Pam laughing together um, and teaching you about um, you know, what, what we did on the road. And then we're hoping that when, one day when we could do conferences again, you can find me, Madam Pamita, either together doing the Palm Chair mashup or separately doing different lessons in you know, conferences and events near you. But in the meantime, it's virtual.
0: And hey, the virtual is working just great for me. And uh, I'm I'm getting all excited now thinking that, okay, I'm going to have to check this out. So if people want to check this out, if they want to get in your world, if they want to study with you or get a reading, where do they find you?
1: So you can find me at thedivinehand.com. That's my website. You can follow me on Instagram at divinehandjim, my nickname. Um, and you can find, just search for James divine or divine hand on Facebook and you can find me there, but Facebook really just reposts what I'm doing on Instagram because I like Insta.
0: Yeah. Instagram, I think is very visual. So for palmists and tarot readers, it makes sense for us to be putting our work over there.
1: Yeah. You can subscribe to my newsletter on my website, which I don't send out very often, but when I do, it's usually good, I think. Um, but Yeah. And I'll i I'll be we'll be launching that out in the next uh, week or two. Almost awesome. ready.
0: Well, I wanna thank you so much for this fascinating conversation. And by the way, if you got Rachel Pollock excited, I mean Rachel <laughs> Pollock is like my hero. Well, now that's that's even getting me more excited. It
1: was <laughs> I was really humbled by it, honestly. I just was like, oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. yeah, well, I think you are onto something amazing, and I think my listeners are going to find this, or they're going to start going down a palmistry tarot rabbit hole. So, <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> so thank you for sharing your wisdom. All right. Wow, people, I think you're going to be looking at your hands and looking at those hands and those tarot cards in a whole new way. So that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. Uh, you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free tarot and astrology lessons, tons of books, hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, and lots of other goodies for you to scope out and enjoy. I want to thank you again for listening. I hope you have an amazing day. And by the way, if you like the podcast, do me a solid, get on over to iTunes and leave a kind review because it helps more tarot curious people find their way to tarot bites. And as always, I like to close out by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day. And let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, well, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending.